Greetings, travelers. This week, we are taking a closer look at a much more recent stories than our usual ones we cover in a new series called Tales from the Box Office. You can check out the video version of this episode up on our YouTube channel, so please feel free to check that out. Welcome, travelers, to Tales from the Box Office with your hosts, Fox and... And I'm Sparrow. Today, we'll be diving into two new releases, Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon and Netflix's Wish Dragon. Originally, we decided we were going to talk about the dragon movie that came out in June, but then we realized we were thinking of two different movies, so after much deliberation, we thought, why don't we do both? We'll be breaking down these movies by three of our favorite things, dragons, tropes, and heroes. At the surface level, both stories feature a dragon as a major part of the story, but overall I think the similarities end there. Raya follows our protagonist to the fantasy world of Kamandra as she seeks to restore the last dragon Sisu in order to rid the world of a blight called the Droon, which petrifies all it encounters. Wish Dragon, on the other hand, follows Din as he uses his genie dragon to find his childhood best friend in modern Shanghai. Chinese dragons are different from dragon lore we are used to in Western countries. European dragons are often depicted as fire-breathing and gold-hoarding, whereas Chinese dragons are known for bringing good luck and prosperity. The Naga, in particular, are patrons of water and rainfall, and rulers of bodies of water like waterfalls, rivers, or seas. Naga are a huge part of Southeast Asian culture and are defined as half-serpent, half-human creatures. The Japanese dragon is known as Ryu, and they are similar to Chinese dragon, except that they can sometimes grant wishes. I wonder if that's going to play into what's happening next. Disney Sisu is a hybridized Naga dragon, and her character moves away from the Disney canon in terms of how she looks and moves. She's smaller than the regular Game of Thrones-esque dragons, and takes on the serpent-like appearance of the Chinese dragon. She flies through the air by using raindrops. Her brothers and sisters are also firmly rooted in Southeast Asian mythology, with her brother Pengu being a shout-out to the creation myth relating to the first living man, and her other siblings having connections to Indian and Thai lore. The Wish Dragon Long also follows the serpentine Chinese dragon appearance, but that is where the similarities end in terms of powers. Long isn't a real dragon in the sense that he is facing karmic consequences for the life he lived. The man we see in the beginning could be Yan, the ruler and judge of the spirit world. He transforms Long into a dragon as a punishment for the greedy and corrupt life he lived. So I gotta ask, who is your favorite out of Sisu and Long? I gotta tell you, I absolutely love Aquafina, so Sisu's kind of shoe in here. But Long was a really fun character too. I enjoyed watching him develop. The one thing I liked about both of the dragons is how they flew. I think Sisu mm. flying on the raindrops was really cool, but also in some of the images of Long flying, where he's flying and his body is kind of like twisted all around him. I feel like that's also super cool. So I like the way that they've changed it from wings mm. to kind of more of like a snake-esque kind of flying or just not even flying. So I really like Sisu as a character, but Long... I thought it was just really funny. Like, he was comedic, the way his body kind of twisted and turned. I felt like that was really used. Between the two of them, I did like the appearance of Long a bit more. But besides that, I liked the character of Long more than I did Sisu. 
it's hard because they use different tropes, so their character development is different. But Sisu is kind of static for me. She kind of stayed the same at the beginning when Raya first found her towards the end when she was just kind of like, okay, everything worked out the way I wanted it to by trusting people. Um, whereas Long, he actually went through some kind of transformation. He made a selfless act at the end, which I won't spoil, but he does something for other people and he learns about human nature and he does end up, he does end up facing the consequences of the life he lived and he transforms. And I like that a lot more than I like st static, one-dimensional characters, I think. I like that he was able to take in what was happening to him, what was happening to Din, and he reflected on it. And in a lot of the scenes, you can see him kind of just thinking and going, okay, well, that's weird. Why is he reacting this way? And then he has to think about the thought processes that Din's going through and make connections on his own as well. Now that we've established their use of dragons, let's talk tropes. Both Sisu and Long, at some point or another, transform into humans. They both use this ability to blend in, and this is a fairly common ability of dragons. While this idea has become established in modern media from Dungeons & Dragons as, depending on which version you're using, all dragons seem to have this ability to shapeshift, but this idea can be traced back further to Zemu of Romanian folklore and mythology. They're described as fantastic creatures similar to other dragons, like Baller, and are capable of shapeshifting. My favorite modern example being Jake Long from American Dragon. Also, Disney, bring me season three! Gosh dang it! <laughs> On the other hand, in mythology, we can also see humans turned into dragons as punishment. This is seen in Cadmus from Greek mythology and Fafnir from Norse mythology. Rhea goes through a Disney princess's journey, which often involves a large world-saving goal, a self-sacrifice, and in this case, a ragtag team of misfits all put together to achieve a common goal and have some comedic fight scenes. A combination of refugees from different areas all joining up together against a common enemy is a perfect model of the theme of unity and overall it sets up the end scene where they all need to trust each other. However, for me personally, it felt super rushed and disjointed. There was some connection and unity, but it all felt just forced and abrupt. A group that came together for the plot as opposed to growing together. <sighs> Seriously, they could have used some more breathing room in this movie. I will say it as many times as need be, I think this should have been a TV series, like Avatar The Last Airbender. Here, here. On the other hand, Wish Dragon followed the classic trope of protagonist and sidekick, with Din and the dragon creating a duo of opposites. Din is the bright-eyed, hopeful character that helps guide the dragon through his cynical corruption and ultimately helps him learn the true meaning of life and self-sacrifice. The dual aspect allowed us to focus on these two characters and have their develop as the overall focus of the story. It didn't try and overreach kind of like Rhea did with adding in too many different characters and storylines. The story, however, did try to do too much trope-wise. Like a YA novel that hits all the ticks in terms of generic storytelling, this story felt overrun with basic tropes which made it too predictable and a bit boring at times. We have our basic Cinderella motive, mystical creatures in the 21st century, Bad guys, a love interest father, ignore children in favor of money. The one that I hate the most, miscommunication as a driving plot point. I think the one area where Rhea could benefit from being a bit more like Wish Dragon was having more focus on growing Sisu and Rhea together. Um, I think by having too many different characters to make up their team, they kind of lost that 
personal point of having each of them grow off each other. And which Dragon could have taken more from Rhea in terms of just developing their world to be a bit more unique. I know they're restrained to being in Shanghai, but they could have still done some interesting aspects with the local neighborhood to really make it feel like unique in their own. But on the other hand, I feel like Rhea spends too much time giving us this beautiful, rich landscape and then spends very little time actually doing anything with it and just making it so that we travel to all these different places, spend like 10 minutes there and then leave. And I felt like that overstretched it because we were going to all these cool places, but we weren't actually living there or doing anything with it. Whereas I think Wish Dragon showed us Shanghai. It showed us more of like the poor side of it, but also gave it kind of a community feeling and then showed us a stark white modern contrast to the city where it was rich, but it was lacking in character and lacking in people. No matter how deep or shallow these worlds are, their stories are still nothing without their heroes. So Fox, tell me, what'd you think of Rhea? Our heroes are going through different circumstances and plot lines, but in terms of character development, it seems like they go through opposite journeys. Rhea is a cynical, hardworking princess of heart who needs to come to terms with trusting others and opening up to the prospect of unity. Her name in Malay means celebration, and in the south of Thailand, it means the one who leads. Rhea is a celebration of trust and unity in the face of the flaws of the human condition. Unlike Din from Wish Dragon, Rhea needs to save the entire country of Kamandra. Kamandra is a fictional setting combining different aspects of real Southeast Asian places. Given that she's trying to save an entire country, her consequences are a bit more scaled up than his love interest storyline. Geniuses behind this movie thought long and hard about what their Aladdin-like character should be named, and they went with Din. As in Aladdin. As in, they just removed the first four characters and left the last three and said, that's good, let's go with that. And then they were like, what should we name our dragon? And they were like, how about we named it Dragon, but in a different language. So now his name is Long. And the plot was so focused and convoluted between love, friendship, familial love. But overall, the love between the family pairings came first and foremost. So overall, what did you think of these movies? I think that Rhea should have been a TV series. And Mm -hmm. Wish Dragon should have tried a bit more to take its own pacing, to take its own storylines. And I feel like there was enough there with Wish Dragon that it could have done really well, in my mind, if it had tried to be its own, as opposed to try and fit Mm -hmm. into this mold. um, Kind of step away from the bathroom humor, the low-strung, like the low-hanging fruit, and kind of go on its own. I think it should have been more ambitious, and Rhea should have tried to be a bit less ambitious in terms of the characters, and focus more, I think, on the actual plot and the story and that relationship between Sisu and Rhea. Clearly, whoever made Rhea loved just Avatar and wanted to recreate that, but they only had a two-hour movie to do so, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But I think for what it was, like what we ended up with, they're both actually pretty fun movies. So if, if you are looking for a good animated movie, Uh, starring a dragon. I think you'll be happy with both picks, but know that there's problems with both. Also, really great things with both. Mm Mm-hmm. If you liked what you saw today, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button and that bell icon so you can always be updated on what we put out next. Let us know in those comments down below which movie you'd prefer and why. We love hearing from you. Until next time. And remember... There's always a place for us at the box office.